0: Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti and this is episode 166 of Yogaland. It is fall, which means it is time for me to do one of my fall wellness-oriented episodes. I like to do these. I really like to think about seasonal wellness and kind of Getting your house in order. In the past, I've done conversations around Ayurveda and Chinese medicine with Tiffany Cruikshank, Ayurveda with Nika Quisgard. This time, I'm speaking to Elena Brower about essential oils. So, Elena is a well known yoga teacher. She practices on glow.com. She also has a new podcast called Practice You, and she has books that have been translated into six languages. She has her Practice You journal. She was a contributor at Yoga Journal, so I know her from there. And she's also a double diamond leader with doTERRA, which is an essential oils company. So I am very much an essential oils dabbler, don't know much about them. But the little that I do know, I feel like they're just such a wonderful addition to any overall wellness rituals or regimen. So I asked her to just sort of start at the beginning, give me the basics, And also some advice for getting ready for fall. You know, we're all exposed to a lot more cold viruses. And also fall is just an enormous time of change in the environment. So it can affect the body pretty intensely if you're a sensitive person. We also talk a little bit about doTERRA. This is not a paid sponsorship for doTERRA. This is not an endorsement of doTERRA. But I did get to ask her about the structure of doTERRA, which she goes into. And I'm still chewing on her answer. I thought it was a really intelligent answer that makes sense to me. I'm just thinking about it a little bit more. We do have doTERRA products in our home. And we also have other essential oils brands in our home. There are many. So do your research and choose what works best for you. Okay. I hope you enjoy this interview and it inspires you to feel well and slather yourself in delicious smelling oils. All right, Elena, I'm so happy to have you here. I've sort of touched on essential oils here and there in the podcast over the years. I have several podcasts that focus on Ayurveda. And as you know, we know we use oils in Ayurveda, but I haven't had like a real in-depth conversation about essential oils. So I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm so happy
1: to be talking to you again. It's been a minute.
0: I know. I know. It really has. And I'm so excited about your podcast. So nice to see you out there doing your work. And I've listened to it. And it's great. Are you enjoying it?
1: I love it. Actually, it's the one medium that I actually really, really adore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. It's just nice to have conversations with people, isn't it?
1: Yes, and, as I said, in one of my first ones with one of my best friends who happens to be a teaching partner of mine, we very rarely sit down, no phone, look at each other, or just listen to each other with no other distractions, and that's what this affords us
0: that is so true. I bet that's why it's so appealing to people because it combines the convenience of modern technology. People can listen on their commute, on their walk, while they're cooking but but with this sort of like you said, No other technological distractions intervening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's so nice. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about oils is just because I just think they're such a nice complement to all the things that we do in yoga, and especially, obviously, this the self care aspect. So, but I want to do just a very basic overview for people who are completely unfamiliar. So let's start way, way at the top and have you talk let's start, about...
1: Let's start 5,000 years ago, shall we? Okay. Okay, go for it. <laughs> to the Sumerians, the Babylonians, that's dating back to like the second millennium BC, and the Egyptians who had sort of a river-based culture around 3,000 BC. And they all, ancient India too, they all had a rich understanding of medicinal plants. Mm-hmm. All the way up to the Romans, too. Their use of plants and aromatic extracts, balsams, perfumed oils, scented barks, resins, medicine, food preservation, religious ceremonies, even embalming the dead. There are ways in which the aromatics were used in the Middle Ages also in defense against the plague that's documented, the bubonic plague. Wow they would burn the aromatics in the streets and in the homes to ward off infection. The 18th century finds us using essential oils pretty extensively, and there was a lot of research carried out then, you know, more scientific research. And then around the 19th century, when the concept of the family doctor was established, they used a lot of chamomile, cinnamon, fennel, juniper, rosemary, thyme. These are recorded as sort of official essential oils in one of the Materia Medica from 1882 from William Whitla. Hmm. 1887, we find uh, published studies showing the antibacterial and antifungal properties of things like of oils like lavender, juniper, sandalwood, thyme, cinnamon, cedarwood. This is all from a couple of different courses that I've taken, and in many ways, the history of aromatherapy is a history of herbal medicine Hmm. and they have diverged quite a bit but they really are very similar to each other and I have friends who only study herbs and friends who only study oils and the truth is if you respect essential oils and use them the way that they're meant to be used which is exceedingly sparingly I'm very Hmm. conservative you will not get from me some sort of recommendation for internal use that will scandalize anyone listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what you will get is a healthy respect for the potency of the oils. And for me, I really find use in both herbal medicine and in essential oils equally mm-hmm. and use both interchangeably.
0: I'm skipping forward a little bit, but i yeah. that's interesting to hear you say that you you're not a personal proponent of ingesting the oils. Because I was I know there are several different ways to use them. So could you talk about that and then how, how you feel about ingesting versus not ingesting?
1: Of course. When I teach, I only teach the three ways of using essential oils are what I teach aromatically, topically, internally, period, the end. Now, what I focus on for my own personal training, mentorship, I have a team with doTERRA. I focus on aromatic and topical use. Internal use is for people who have had a ton of experience with oils, who have taken aromatherapy courses, who may or may not be certified, who know what they're doing because they've spent 10 to 20 years with it in their families.
0: Hmm.
1: I myself have had 20 years of experience with essential oils and several courses under my belt. And so I have a level of proficiency that, affords me the opportunity to say what I am about to say. Mm -hmm. Aromatically, diffusion is really just when you take a a volatile from a place of higher concentration to a place of lower concentration. It's not brain surgery. Four or five drops in a diffuser with some water and boom, Mm -hmm. you have a beautifully scented room and that will both serve to please you and it will serve to uh, clear the air scientifically. Then you have topical use. And this, of course, I recommend, again, super conservatively, always diluting with the exception of very few oils like tea tree, frankincense, even Roman chamomile that don't necessarily need diluting, but I still do it anyway, Mm. a on a little cut or an abrasion. But I recommend diluting because diluting puts those tiny little volatile molecules into a much larger molecule that is much more assimilable and longer lasting in our cells than the little volatile is. Hmm. So you'll find if you're diffusing, the smell goes away in a very short period of time. That's why it's nice to have a diffuser that sort of pulses hmm. intermittently And you'll find also on your skin that if you use an oil neat, the smell will dissipate very quickly. That is a good sign that it is a pure oil and there is nothing synthetic or any sort of extenders or fillers in the oil. The point of diluting is so that the oil is actually surrounded by a fattier molecule that actually can hang out for a while. And even though it seems like, oh, I'm diluting it, I'm lessening the potency. In fact, you're not lessening the potency; you're just making it safer and longer lasting. So, when you say diluting, you mean like with a carrier oil, or correct? Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't make that clear. Oh, that's okay. I know there's... diluting with, let's say, coconut oil, almond oil, sesame oil. Although almond and sesame are very, they turn quickly. Okay. So, I typically use coconut oil. I use sea buckthorn oil an awful lot. Organic oh, sea buckthorn sea oil. Buckthorn oil. I just, yeah, that's
0: what I do for my face. Oh my gosh, I just found a like a brand of beauty line that
1: uses sea buckthorn oil on the face, and nice. I'm just like obsessed. It's, oh, that's great. Yeah, when you find when you find something like that, that's really made cleanly, your body can tell you if the constituent oils and compounds in there are real or not. And it does take time to learn that, but you can tell pretty much right away once you've had experience with an oil that's pure, huh. you can tell when you're dealing with something synthetic and you know it's synthetic if it if it's, it hangs around longer, if it smells usually sweeter.
0: Hmm.
1: Like I, I would encourage you, if you're listening, to take an oil that you've spent $4.99 on and take an oil that you spent $40 on. And smell the difference, see which one lasts longer, and see which one actually smells sweeter. You're most likely going to find that the one with synthetics that's $4.99, which is what makes it cheap, is smelling sweeter and lasts longer. That's a sign that you have a, a an adulterated product mm, mm-hmm. note to self. <laughs>
0: And then when you're mixing, like if you're diluting an oil, let's say with coconut oil, uh, you know, I have coconut oil in my kitchen, like Dr. Bronner's uh, cold pressed coconut oil. And I also have a liquid coconut oil. Can you use just sort of like your kitchen oil or how how do you do
1: that? The deal with the coconut oil that you have in your kitchen is that it hasn't been fractionated and fractionation is just a mechanical process. It doesn't add any chemicals to it that actually keeps it shelf-stable at a certain viscosity, let's say. Okay. So fractionated coconut oil is actually better to use if you're diluting an oil, say for a roller or something like that. That's what we use because it's always going to be that consistency of liquid, whereas your jar of organic coconut oil that you're going to cook with is going to get solid mm-hmm. when it's colder and liquid when it's warmer. Right. Okay. hasn't been fractionated yet. Okay. Okay.
0: Just going back a little bit. How are essential oils what's the process of from going from, you know, the rose geranium plant to the oil?
1: So, geranium is gathered, put into a large vat under heat and pressure for a certain period of time. All that plant matter and after that certain period of time, that's called steam distillation, heat and pressure. You are left with a layer of essential oil sitting on top of what's called a hydrosol. Mm. And that hydrosol is the sort of, you see it sold sometimes, the sort of water of the essential oil. But the essential oil itself is what is, let's say, skimmed, for lack of a better word, off the top and used. That's the distillate of the, of the plant.
0: It must just take so much of the plant to get
1: that potent amount of oil. It does. It takes a great deal of the plant. And what's interesting is the choice that I've made to work with doTERRA was made because they're not just a huge corporate farm somewhere we don't know where. They actually work in several dozen countries and regions all over the world where they are empowering the farmers and the villages in which the farmers live to treat the land with care, to grow more plants, to make more money. They're using we're using all sorts of apps like Farm Forest that actually pays the growers day of delivery, not two months later or six months later. Nice. And we're seeing there's a lot of reservation that i had early on where i was like god you know they're taking this plant matter and they're making it into these little tiny bottles and they're stealing from mother earth mm-hmm. <laughs> what i it's totally valid uh, hesitation and what i learned it's quite the contrary is that we're actually teaching all in all of these regions where the plants thrive we're teaching these farmers to no longer do they need to struggle They can actually learn from all of the professionals that we have on our team how to treat the land, how to plant the plants, how to rest the land when the land needs resting or the trees need resting, and grow as much as they can grow so that they can actually support their families, so that they can have the schools in their region. We help them with that. We help them build hospitals. There's this very exceedingly mutually beneficial relation going on mm-hmm. between doTERRA as a as an organization and all of these little villages where we work on the ground. And we lose money in these initiatives. Hmm. We do not optimize our bottom line. But what we do do is create this insanely close global family. And we, the wellness advocates, we get to meet the growers at least once a year, usually twice. Some of us have had the opportunity to go and travel to some of these countries and do work not just for sourcing, but also for Healing Hands, which is our foundation that actually helps to raise funds for the villages where we're sourcing and also other initiatives that the wellness advocates bring to life. We just finished one last week, which was raising $36,000 for girls on fire leaders, where we train girls ages six to 16 in the two of the biggest slums in Kenya and one of the rural areas in Tanzania mm-hmm. to come up with solutions to all of their the problems in their community, not just bringing the money and saying, okay, bye, but actually training the girls to teach the younger ones to grow up and lead change. Mm -hmm. So the long answer is it's a lot of plant matter and it's being grown, harvested, distilled, cared for in such meticulous ways by this organization.
0: That's really neat. So have you, obviously you said, you know, you you guys have gotten to meet the growers. Have you had a chance to go to any of the sites and see the practices?
1: I have. I was on the Big Island of Hawaii last year and we are doTERRA is has initiated the largest reforestation project the state of Hawaii has ever seen. And we went in about 200 of us and planted baby sandalwood saplings, along with two other species of saplings that actually help the sandalwood thrive. They all sort of feed each other in, in this very neat symbiotic relationship. And we planted what will be, at the end of my life, a beautiful sandalwood forest.
0: mm Nice. And
1: yeah, there's, there, there was a lot of misunderstanding several years ago about Hawaiian sandalwood and how endangered it was. And it was indeed, in fact, because the forest was being completely neglected and doTERRA took it upon themselves to purchase the land. And now we're, like I said, doing that big reforestation project up on the mountain there. And it was really pretty exalted, I have to say, as an experience. That's awesome.
0: I wasn't planning on on focusing on doTERRA so much, but which is it's totally fine. I want to get back to my like straight up oils questions in a moment. But since we're, since we're there, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up like there there is some criticism, I think, from people who don't work for or with doTERRA about um, the way that it's structured. Um, and I, I wonder if you could just speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, of course. I have this conversation often because Mm -hmm. it's coming from people who are either A, misinformed, B, uninformed, or C, simply afraid. Mm -hmm. The model of multi-level marketing was something that had a massive stigma to me back seven years, eight years or so. When I first started using doTERRA, it was about 10 years ago when they first began, and I never was going to be in this business because I didn't understand the nature of multi-level marketing. It's also known as network marketing. It's also known as direct marketing. And what it really means is that the good teachers will build a network of people who both learn and teach together, period. The multi-levels just mean that all of us have the opportunity to rise up just like we do in the office at Sony, just Mm -hmm. like we do in the office at Nestle or wherever we're working. If you do great work, you're going to rise up into leadership positions, Mm -hmm. period, the end. So much of this is about personal development, but that will save for another podcast. The magic of this is that I didn't believe it at first. And I came in so reluctantly and hesitantly. And when I started to see how the business model works of a multi-level marketing company in integrity is a force to be reckoned with because the fairness is there. There is nobody who makes it without doing the work, Mm -hmm. period. And because I have chosen to do the work and I've chosen to build a network of, of families all over the world. I'm doing very well. And so many thousands of my people on my team are doing very well for Mm -hmm. themselves. And it's a very satisfying thing to watch people empowering themselves, getting over their misunderstandings around the nature of money, which is really just energy. I give it, I get it, Mm -hmm. period. (laughs) And getting over the misunderstanding and the misinformation about the nature of this Business. The fact is, this is the way forward. This is the only way that all of us women can support one another and rise together. Period. The end. There is no other model, mm-hmm. no boss, no hierarchy where I can rise up along with the women that I hold dearest to me, and we can all rise up together. There is no other business model where that is actually true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it's in, it's not, I'm not just speaking about doTERRA. I'm speaking about any multi level marketing company that has integrity. They're going to do well because they are here to help us all rise together. This is not a singular affair.
0: My dad was in sales growing up and he used to say to me, you know, I only ever sell what I care about because obviously, because there's integrity to that, but also just, that's how you get people to understand your product is if you understand it and you care about it. So that's very much what I hear from you and and the vibe that I get from you. But would you say like if you were going to become a part of doTERRA that if you were going to kind of rise up as you said that you do just have to have a skillful sales personality as well? Like it's one thing to care about the product and to use the product and to be able to know the background of the product, but it seems like there has to be a combined temperament
1: or personality type. I see where you're coming from and I'll see if I can uh, address it. So the first thing is I do not allow slash invite people to come start an account where they could be selling until they've had at least three to six months of straight experience using the oils, Mm -hmm. keeping a journal. Exploring what the oils do for them, I just won't allow it. Mm-hmm. And people think I'm absolutely bonkers <laughs> to block my interested parties from actually starting to sell right away, but I simply won't allow it because if you start it's like it's like taking a teacher training, yeah and then the next week, teaching like the most advanced either posture or philosophical concept in your Monday class at six pm. Right. Right, it's just not it's not smart. It's not going to work out. It's going to sound weird, it's going to sound fake, it's going to sound like you're reading from a book. It's not your in- integrated experience. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part. The second part is if I came to this not as a salesperson. I came to this with all the reservations and no desire to reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, I think I might have something that you might actually really need, something that has changed my family's experience of health and wellness. And I think I would love to share it with you if you'd be keen to hear. That was not happening for me. And there are many, many different ways to approach it, obviously, depending on who you are and where you live and what your community feels and looks like. But for me to get the hell over myself and to learn how to share what it is that has made such a drastic difference in my life. There's, there's so little toxicity in my home because of these oils. They just are covering every single base in my life from skincare to cleaning to focus to emotional mitigation. All these different aspects of my day involve the oils. And There is no question as to their efficacy as far as I'm concerned. And I have stories, medical stories, too, that I could share with you of people in my family who have really changed numbers, readings, you know, things I can't say because they're not compliant. But wow, Mm -hmm. there is massive scientifically quantifiable efficacy here. And it's changed my life, so so why should I not be talking about it? Why should I not be selling these things? I'm selling the highest quality oils that I can find- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why should I not be doing that? Yeah, and so I work with my people a lot on their languaging, on their mindset, on just losing the hesitation and realizing that they're just sharing what works for them-
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not unlike teaching yoga, it's really not. It's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So we tend to have, we have a diffuser and we tend to start running it in the fall and winter and it's just been a really nice addition to our home. And actually I will say the oils come more from Jason than for me. He is actually much more, he's always been more attuned to like skincare and he's very metro. He's my favorite by the way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that boy so I, I much. I thought you would appreciate that. I um, really, truly do. Yeah. When I when I I'm on Yoga Glow, uh, you know, often as a student, not as a teacher. And I like taking my own classes because I know what went into them and I know that they're good. But I love your man's classes. Oh, that's so nice. Love, thank you. Love. I love your classes too.
0: Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. That means a lot, dude. Oh yeah, no. I mean, you have such a way about you. Like, if I mm. need to ground, it's like mm. right to Elena. Mm. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm blushing and melting. Oh my gosh, thank you. So, for someone who is like me, and oh, actually, you know, my husband also uses the oils on our daughter when she has a hard time sleeping, and she kids respond so especially very she's like a very sensory sensitive kid yeah which yeah. can be very challenging right because like the world feels like an assault to them but then i think on the flip side of that she responds so well to scent and to touch and to feeling and so those are like the main ways that we have incorporated them into our lives if you're dealing with someone like me who's pretty much a minimalist when it comes to daily routine and the oils, like where would you suggest someone like me
1: start for incorporating them into a daily routine? So I would go directly to the chemistry. You're kind of a dork like me, right? Yeah, for sure. So when you think about all the different main constituents, main compounds in each sort of oil, I look at the wheel of chemistry and I look at, okay, Monoterpenes, okay, those are going to go from pretty restorative to pretty uplifting to pretty soothing. And let's go to limonene first, which is a monoterpene compound. The other is alpha pinene, okay? So alpha pinene, your rosemary, your cypress, helichrysum, frankincense, those are all going to be very restorative. Hmm. Keep the energy moving. Douglas fir, any tree, Hmm. basically. You know what a forest bath feels like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Your limonines are in your citruses. Lime, lemon, grapefruit, tangerine, wild orange bergamot. Those are all very uplifting. So anytime you need to wake your ass up, Mm -hmm. or get a little bit happier because something is really troubling, vexing, you go to the citruses right away. You just know, and if you're listening to this, please know that citruses may not be applied to your skin. Do not apply them to your skin and go out into the sun, please. The Mm -hmm. best way to use citruses is just to diffuse or take the bottle to your nose and smell it. Then we move into the limonines that are a little more soothing. And this is where we're getting into the food category, dill, spearmint, black pepper. You will find that if you get a little creative, put black pepper with a citrus, Hmm. put spearmint with a citrus, put spearmint with your frankincense or something like that. Spearmint cypress I do often. When you combine the soothing, restoring, the soothing, uplifting terpenes, you find such a sweet relief of whatever was on your mind suddenly wiped out for moments at a time. The compounds are so powerful. When you go to sleep, those are really your esters. When you think about uh, linalool, it's actually an alcohol, it's linalool, but uh, lavender, pettigrain, clary, sage, Hmm. even bergamot. Bergamot's sort of the chi harmonizer in, in folks who use oils for TCM. Bergamot's just a big, big deal because whatever you need, bergamot will manage. If you need grounding, great, bergamot will work. If you need uplifting, bergamot will work. When you go to Roman chamomile or your jasmine, those are super calming. Siberian fir, super calming. I use those for bedtime.
0: Hmm.
1: When you look at alcohols, linalool, like I mentioned, lavender, basil, cilantro, coriander, those are all linalool compounds. Rose and geranium. By the way, those are two separate things, and very often you see them labeled as one thing. Um, Those are your citronellol and your geraniol, and they are often named together because that's it's just commonly done. Ours in for DoTerra. All I know is that we have separate geranium and rose, and a few of the other companies that I really like, the smaller companies that don't have sort of a, a, a way for us to create a business, but the oils are incredible because they're integrously sourced. They also have them separate drum, Melaleuca. Those are both going to be serious in the way of combating sort of bacteria. Um, I don't want to say anything that's super anti-compliant, but I use tea tree for pretty much every skin abrasion, any sort of fungal amazing. issues. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's one of the ones that you don't need to dilute and you can okay. use it neat anywhere.
0: Tea tree is and the same these are just thing as Melaleuca. Is that, are they the same? Yes.
1: Okay. okay. Melaleuca is a species of tea tree. So for example, those of, if, if you're listening and you use doTERRA, you're going to see suddenly now that Melaleuca bottles are now going to be labeled as tea tree because Melaleuca is one species, but our tea tree is coming from several different species of the trees. Okay. Marjoram is awesome for muscle aches, pains, goes super well with cypress and helichrysum when you have anything to do with your body. When you go to energizing, if you need that sort of energy, think about ketones. Ketones like menthol, menthone, carvone, that's your peppermint, your dill, your spearmint, even fennel. Protective. And this is where we get into your wintertime jam. Right. And your diffuser. I really wanted to talk about fall, winter recommendations. Phenols and aldehydes. So you've got thyme, oregano, clove, cilantro, cumin, not my fave, cassia Uh (laughs) and cinnamon. Cassia and cinnamon are about the same. They're just from two different regions. I prefer the cinnamon bark over the cassia. Some people prefer cassia, but both... When you think about even the way the the bark is, super protective. Mm-hmm. You know, these plants, they can't move, but they interact with the environment in very specific ways through communication, through protection, and through adaptation. So when they're when they need to attract pollinators, they're basically diffusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they release from the flowers and the leaves and the branches and the twigs, they release the compounds into the air. That's pretty lovely, yeah, to think about. That's how the pollinators find them. When you think about this, get this. The highest emission of linalool, let's say, from osmanthus or lavender is right around noon when the pollinators are most active. That's when the compounds get released. Protection, when we're in this category, thyme, oregano, clove, et cetera. Cilantro, we're talking about protection against herbivores, you know, animals that eat plants, and against microbes. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. might hit the root or the leaves. So mm-hmm. guess what they're doing for us? Our systems, our DNA is super similar to that of the plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So guess what the plant medicines are doing for us? The same. Yeah, protecting. It's and I mean, just like that. Yeah, and I mean, coconut oil in and of
0: itself it has such strong antimicrobial properties. If you're mm-hmm. if you're diluting it in that carrier oil, it seems like get like a double
1: double dose. I do um oil swishing for the last several years. I, I stopped my gums from receding and all I use is uh, coconut oil with a drop of cinnamon. Ooh. Some days a drop of peppermint. That's it. And I That's swish for like smart. ten minutes in the morning. Yep, I do oil thing.
0: swishing too, but I've never done the um I've never thought to put
1: oil in it just to kind of like jazz it up a little bit. Dude, it's really the cinnamon's super nice. Yeah. So you can do cinnamon clove, you know, and, and my parents, our parents I don't know how old you are. I'm 49. How old are you? 47. Yeah. So in our parents' time, they were throwing essential oil of clove instead of your little numbing agent for dental work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you put it in your mouth, if you put clove into your parents' mouth, if they're still alive, they'll be like, whoa, back in the dental chair as a child. Yeah, but there are there are so many studies. There's one cool study. I hope I remember this correctly. I think it was eucalyptus where the plant was damaged by an herbivore and and would release volatile emissions for the next several days until it could regroup. Wow, wow. Make sure, that's that was the study. And then the herbivores, of course, avoid the damaged plants and chose other plants instead. It's just amazing how it works. I mean, it's neat to talk to you about this because
0: it sounds like in all of the learning that you've done and and thinking about it, that it kind of like cooking for me, it, it makes you feel more connected to nature. It makes you for, feel more connected to the natural world. Totally.
1: Yeah, totally. I don't, you know, I live very, very close to Central Park. I take a big hit every month so that I can be here near the trees and I go to the trees almost every day. I bring my, you know, bare feet on the grass almost every day and But to have the oils in my home when I'm Mm. sitting here working, diffusing, right now I'm diffusing black spruce and spearmint. Spearmint is also, we haven't even talked about the emotional aspects yet, but spearmint is perfect for you if you do a lot of public speaking. Or if you're presenting in any way, whether virtually or actually publicly, Spearmint is known to lend a sort of bravery and clarity to your speaking. So I always Mm -hmm. diffuse Spearmint when I'm doing either my podcast or someone else's podcast with something else. And today it's Black Spruce. Black Spruce is super grounding. We just, just came out with it. It's actually available starting in October and it's something I've been waiting for forever. And I've been buying it from other makers because mm. we didn't have it. And it's such a key component of my wellness and also my skincare.
0: It sounds like you, it's funny. This is just, there's like so many parallels to yoga. So I feel like when you first start doing yoga, you take lot, well, for me anyway, I took lots of different kinds of classes, lots of different styles, lots of different teachers, different paces, and now in my life, I can wake up in the morning and know what kind of yoga practice I need that day. Or if I need to go out and like run at the gym, I can kind of tune in and I know what I need. And it sounds like that's how you currently use the oils. Do you sort of tune into what you need for that day? Or do you have a routine
1: of specific oils that you definitely use each day? I tune in a lot. I have in my little meditation Spot. I have this cabinet and I open it up every morning when I sit down and in the cabinet is the yoga collection, which I helped doTERRA formulate several years, like two or three years ago. And I'll usually use one of those. I also have a little tiny bottle of Melissa, which is lemon balm, right on top of my Puja. Melissa is one of the, I think it's actually the most expensive next to Rose. It's an aldehyde. It's um, geraniol. I believe. And there's one other component that I'm not remembering, but it's super soothing. And I take a little drop of Melissa. Again, it's lemon balm. So we all drink this in tea and I just take a drop in my little fingertip and I put it right on the roof of my mouth before I meditate. That's probably the only Mm. one that I'm always using. Mm. Yes, technically that is an internal usage and we could get (laughs) into that momentarily, but it's just tapping a little bit to the roof of my mouth. People have it in tea all the time. It's perfectly cool. And I do find that it It, you know, I work a lot with Rod Stryker and we do a lot of work in meditation with the midbrain. And I find that the Melissa gives me access to that. And, you know, you could call it woo woo or you could just be cool with it and move on. And that's what works for me. Throughout the day, though, for example, the next thing I always do is I put the celery that I'm going to juice into a huge bowl. I put you know, cut it all up really nicely. And then I put two drops of lemon. It's a massive bowl of water. And I put two drops of lemon in the water to just clean the celery Mm. and cut some of the bitterness. I always put a few drops of wild orange in the sink when I enter into the kitchen in the morning. When I leave at night, I put a few drops of peppermint because we still live in New York City and you never know if you're going to get a bug coming through Mm -hmm. the drain pipe. And they hate peppermint. Mm. Yeah, I so, hate peppermint too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there are certain things, little things that I do around the house. I put um there's a blend called Purify that I put in the toilet brush holders around the house, which is so funny, but really quite pleasing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think of that, but I do. And then in my son's bathroom, I pretty much every day will do a few drops of lemongrass or wild orange or lemon just around the toilet seat mm-hmm. and just wipe it down which is so funny. And it makes the bathroom smell incredible. And it also cleans it. So I know there's not a whole lot of bacteria there. And on we go. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You know, you mentioned that you don't have toxic chemicals in your home. And I tend to buy, you know, like the, the pure cleaners, but I always kind of wonder if you're not constantly checking the formulations, I always wonder if the formulations change and if they're sneaking something in. So do you have any like go-to cleaners that you can suggest in terms of water, vinegar, and I don't know, lemon? Or is there anything that you have that's like your standard cleaner with that involves the oils?
1: For sure. I use the doTERRA cleaner concentrate. It's like $14.95 for a bottle, and I seriously think it lasts me six months. I put into a, you know, substantial, maybe 16-ounce amber glass spray bottle. I'll put like a quarter inch of the cleaner concentrate and fill the rest up with water and or some Dr. Bronner's, just a little bit, like like an eighth of an inch into the bottle or maybe some vinegar, depending on what I'm cleaning. Yeah. And I just keep that around. I clean the countertops. I clean the mirrored glass coffee table. I clean anything, any other surface really with that and a microfiber. So I'm not really buying any other cleaners. I have one scrub that I use. Sometimes I make it and sometimes I buy it. When I make it, it's just baking soda and Epsom salts and a few other things I forget. And some great smelling essential oils, scrub the tub with that. And then every now and again I will actually use some sort of cleaner that we can buy at the at the health food store at Whole Foods if I'm feeling like I just need a real deep right dive mm-hmm. and I'll just use that. Yeah. You know, I'll go I'll have a bottle and I go through that maybe once a year. Yeah. Okay.
0: Going back for a moment to immunity, fall, winter, getting colds. What would be your protocol if you went to bed one night, woke up, and felt like you're about to get sick, like you have a scratchy throat or you're sneezing or something like
1: that? Well, the first thing I would do is go put one drop, not two, but one drop of lemon oil into warm water, a nice big mug. Why? Because the lemon fruit has really great compounds, helps the liver, But the oil is coming from the rind, and the rind has been historically used to astringe damp conditions in the body. The damp conditions are where bacteria, mold, fungus, virus can grow. Mm -hmm. So I want to astringe that, first thing. Then I would immediately take a long, hot shower or bath, open up all my pores. In the bathtub, if I have the luxury of taking a bath, I would put salt but before I put the salt in the tub, I would drop onto the salt any sort of uh, maybe I would do wild orange if it wasn't if I wasn't going to be outside in the sun. I might do lavender, copaiba, um, something that's really uh, analgesic, you know, anti-inflammatory. Maybe even one of the blue blue tansy or something like that. Roman chamomile. Then I would take a bath with that salt dropped into the tub. I would never ever put oil directly into the water of the bathtub. Please mental note. And why why is that? Oil into salt, then into tub. Why? Because the water and the oil do not mix. Huh? Oh, so right, it just of sits course. on the surface. Right, 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 right. Okay. It doesn't actually like you. It's the same way you just you just have to put it into some sort of carrier, which in this case is the salt, and mm-hmm. then it t- dissolves into the water. When I get out of the tub, pores nice and open, I would do a full body carrier oil massage with one of those super anti-inflammatory oils, antimicrobial oils, one of the terpenes most likely. I would put on the soles of my feet, doTERRA has uh, on guard. I would put that on the soles of my feet with some carrier oil. I might put Any of the maybe cinnamon, but also super, super diluted on the soles of my feet. I would put oregano super diluted on the soles of my feet. doTERRA sells rollers and Mm -hmm. they make an oregano roller that I keep very close to my bed during the winter. And I just put it on the soles of my feet every night before I put my socks on if it's cold out. So why? I
0: mean, obviously the soles of the feet because the um, scent kind of rises, but is there any other reason that you put it on your feet?
1: yeah you have a lot of nerve endings and capillaries down there, and okay. so that's a really good way to deliver the compounds into your bloodstream quickly without aggravating your skin hmm. interesting okay yeah. so
0: i have you ever heard of the wet sock treatment? I have not heard I am of the finally wet sock. telling I'm telling the world now about the wet sock treatment, so a few years ago when my daughter was you know when babies go through that phase where they're just always sick and bringing something home, and I was always sick. I said to a friend of mine, hello, Kath, if you're listening, you know, I'm on every immune boosting thing. Do you have any other suggestions? And she said, well, Google the wet sock treatment. So I did. And it's something that naturopaths recommend. And essentially, if you feel like you're getting sick, I mean, there's more complicated ways to do it where you can like warm your feet. and then But all I do now, because I'm it's just quick and easy, is you just take a pair of cotton socks, soak them in cold water, wring them out put them on, then put a pair of heavier socks over, like wool socks work, get into bed and go to sleep. And by the morning, you will feel amazing. And it's something, it's a hydrotherapy. It's, it's something to do with, it helps move the lymph through the body. And I, Jason thinks I'm crazy. It works, but it sounds to me like if you added the oils to that routine, that would be even more potent.
1: Dude, there's no question about it. I am so fascinated by the wet sock deal. It's. I mean, I swear by it. I swear by it. So it's a wet pair of socks, Mm -hmm. thin socks, and then over that is your whatever your thick,
0: just heavier socks. You go to sleep. It feels a little creepy, like when you go to sleep, but you'll you'll notice throughout the night that they dry out. Your body's working right to to maintain equilibrium, Uh so everything's moving and circulating more.
1: When you were talking, I had the impression to do like cypress and copaiba because copaiba has a lot of that sort of analgesic, anti-inflammatory, even antimicrobial. And then the cypress is on an emotional tip sort of what keeps the flow, keeps Mm -hmm. things moving, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Which is what you want to do. You probably have stagnation if you're starting to get a a cold or anything.
0: If you, cool. Yeah. And it has to be done. Re- you have to be the kind of person who knows your body so well that you can sense the slightest starting to get a cold. It really has to be before it has the cold has taken hold. Um, otherwise, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the same effect, but.
1: Yeah, I love it. That's great. And then, of course, you know, I, I use a lot of oils for emotional support and emotional healing, and there are lots of different ways to look at that. You could look at it intuitively. I mean, I have my teacher is Jade Schutz at the New York School for Aromatic Studies, and she recommends, you know, she has a whole list of various different emotional states and what could mitigate and or enhance if the state is something you desire to keep around. And I work with that, her work, and I work also with a really great book called Emotions and Essential Oils. And, you know, invariably, if something is going awry, I need to let go of something, I'm having some sort of fear or turmoil around something. The oils will help. It's so simple and silly. And every time, and I don't need to put 25 drops on my head, mm-hmm. I just need to smell the oil, diffuse two drops at nothing, put a mm-hmm. roll a little bit on my wrist and I'm good. Yeah. It's like roll a it reset.
0: On. Yeah. It's yeah. a complete reset. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, it's just like taking deep breaths is a reset. It, Correct. It helps you breathe and you're, yeah. Yeah. It affects your mood so much. You know, I, I was looking at the doTERRA website and I was pretty fascinated by, there was a section, I can't remember which section it was in, but, um, oh, I think it was the medical advisory board at, I was sort of fascinated that there were all of these traditional Western doctors who are starting to integrate the oils into their practices. And one of them said, I actually wrote it down because I thought it was such a huge statement. Dr. Jessica Herzog, board certified pediatrician, and this is her quote, believes that essential oils are a modern miracle of medicine that will continue to shape healthcare worldwide and i'm just wondering if you you know i i'm really curious about this idea and i'm not sure if this is in your wheelhouse but about this idea of incorporating the oils into hospital settings or into hospice settings or you know if you know of anything that's being done or being studied in that area
1: there's so much work being done and I'm like sort of bursting out of my skin right now to talk to you about all this. We're actually spearheading a several studies, both related to cancer care and family medicine practice with the same scientific rigor, with the same care. We spend a lot of money on research in which other companies simply are not investing because we're looking at what, what's the matter with you? instead of that, what matters to you? Mm, That's really smart. How how do we keep patients safe using science and evidence-based studies using the oils? Okay. There was a, a really great doctor who spoke recently at an event I was at, Dr. Flora. He actually himself had kidney cancer in 2017. And he is standing up in front of us talking about how he sees our products as ways to prevent and mitigate side effects that we don't see, side effects like insomnia and fear. Mm-hmm. And a year after he had already been through his treatment, uh, one of our wellness advocates, a gal called Nicole Chase, she asked Dr. Flora if he'd be into trying oils for his treatments and she got uh, a meeting with him. And he is now, he's he experienced the oils firsthand and he is now, and he was not into it. He was like as hesitant and reluctant as me. He's now heading up the DoTerra Center for Integrative Oncology at his hospital, and this is a ridiculous burst of energy for seeing how the the essential oils, scientifically clinical trials beginning now, can mitigate all of this issue around not just cancer itself. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. There are oils that have been found; you can look it up on PubMed or NIH to induce. Cell apoptosis. Apoptosis is when a cell ceases functioning. Its function is to actually kill itself off, implode Mm -hmm. itself when it ceases functioning. What happens with cancer, with tumors? The cell forgets to die. Mm -hmm. There are certain oils that actually have been found scientifically. It's not doTERRA science. It's scientific in, I mean, you can look it all up online. PubMed, like I said, National Institute of Health. And find studies that have shown both in vitro and in vivo and animals unfortunately that the the oils induce the cell death mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Cell, the cancerous cells. so there are all sorts of clinical trials happening now in hospice. I have several dear friends. I myself am going to get trained because I think it's a really important body of understanding. I have several friends who work in hospice with oils to mitigate the symptoms of everything from gout, swelling to memory. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we're moving oils into a whole new category. We're not, we're we're trying to, as a, as an organization, we're really aiming to reduce dependence on prescription drugs. That whole story needs to end. We're, you know, looking at dosage and efficiency and empowerment because we know the healthcare system is completely broken. And we are here to use the oils as a vehicle for us to realize that we can heal ourselves. We can help ourselves and our families. We don't need all of this prescription, synthetic material in our bodies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah seems to make sense, especially like as a complementary therapy, right? I mean, there are times when you need the medicine, but no matter what, if you're in a hospital setting or you're in a treatment setting or you're in hospice, it's going to affect you emotionally and it's going to affect your stress levels. And so anything you can do to mitigate that is going to make whatever treatment you get more... Efficacious, I that's would think. Correct.
1: Yeah, that's very correct. I mean, for everything from stress to, you know, skincare, we are trained every year by a really prominent veterinarian who uses the oils to decrease stress both in the pets and in the doctors. You know, oh, that yeah. veterinarian suicide rates are super, super high. Oh,
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Oh. I mean she has done studies scientific studies where she would have a cat choose what oils oh, to oh the, like a cat who was rescued in absolutely ornery she would she chose lavender and one of the doTERRA blends called balance her entire personality changed we actually got to watch a video where this cat was off her rocker and then completely changed and went over and started to be pet and touched for the first time in her whole life oh. things like There are a couple of myths around animals that citrus is toxic. That's completely not true. You just have to mitigate dosage. Mm -hmm. Um, For stuff that's super common, like dog ear support, for example, lemon, rosemary, Roman chamomile, all super diluted, 1% to 5% dilution for all the small animals. There are oils that you can't use for animals. Three that I know of, Melaleuca, Wintergreen, and Cassia. No animals near those oils at all. Melaleuca, tea tree, wintergreen, cassia. And for cats, especially no mints. Huh. Okay. No mint oils. I have no idea. Yeah. When you're diffusing, you want to be very aware. If you have an animal, they have a much smaller system than yours. So keep a window open, keep the diffuser away from them. Yeah. No oils in eyes or ear canals, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With senior animals and humans, copaiba is incredible, frankincense, aromatouch, these are all incredible for inflammation, any surgery, digest zen is incredible. There's no no reason not to use them. They really work. Joint support, all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like what you said at the beginning, which is that herbal medicine is more well known at this point. And perhaps people are more open to it, but it's, it's really all kind of connected. And I, I mean, because I think about cooking and it's the same thing. I mean, when I went through cancer treatment, I've had Rebecca Katz on the show who is a nutritionist and she's written cookbooks on eating while you're going through cancer treatment. And she has a whole section on the, the potency of herbs and how they have the ability to increase the chances of cell death and it's cilantro and parsley and yeah, um, yeah cinnamon and cinnamon yep. is hugely potent. And obviously like turmeric mm-hmm. and cumin, we know those. So yeah, it just totally, it it all makes sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like we could have another hour long conversation, but it might be, I think we're at a good place. So.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I think I have some ideas. I don't, whether or not you ever have an account, I don't care, but I would love to get you. There's a new turmeric supplement that just came out that actually has both curcuminoids and tuberones in it, which means translated the powder, which is what we know in most great quality supplements, not as assimilable by the body, by the cells, as the oil of turmeric, which is you know pressed from the root and we found a way to put those two together in a dual capsule. So there's powder and then it's surrounded by oil and then it's in a capsule. And mm-hmm. we're seeing in clinical trials, real, real progress Wow! and real results with those dual caps. So I want to get those for you. I forgot that you'd had cancer and I want to also get you the kids collection, which you personally will actually love more than maybe more than your kids. I use the kids' rollers all the time, Thank so I think you. you'll love those. I
0: saw it online, and I was like, I really want yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. it's so great. I saw that they have
1: like a bravery one and things yep, that are I just – put it on. I love I just it. just put Brave on the second. <laughs> really? <laughs> I swear to God, it's the orange one. It's my favorite one right now. It was steady for a long time, but now it's Brave. I'm going to send you – and Stronger also for your feet and your kids' feet at night during the winter. Stronger is awesome. It's sort of like the on-guard – but it's the kids' version and it has a little rose in it, I believe. I love it so. Um, I'm just going to send you the whole kids' kit to thank you for having me, and oh, I'll send gosh. you a few other things too. Thank
0: you so much. I appreciate it's it so pleasure.
1: much. My pleasure. <laughs> so awesome. much fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Elena. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, totally. It's a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. I will put show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 166. And I will link to the past fall wellness podcasts that I did because they are among my favorite. Okay. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a rating, I should say, and write a review. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying. All right. And until next week, enjoy your practice.